You are listening to Daily Devotions with Pastor Robert Marsbach. We believe that these devotions will encourage and strengthen you. So tune in, connect, and be blessed. For any more information, please visit us online at lifechurchuk.org. Welcome to Life Devotions, and thank you for joining me today. The life was manifested. It's the title of this devotion. We're going through the book of John, or First John, those five little chapters. And we're just going to take a few of these thoughts. And the main message of the book of John is that those of us who believe upon the Lord Jesus may have the blessed assurance to know we have eternal life in the Son. That is the main message. And yes, in that main message is the great revelation that God is love and that we who are born of God are filled and with His love. And we'll talk about that as day, days go along here. But first, we're going to talk about here that the life was manifested. First John chapter 1, verse 1. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled, concerning the word of life. The life was manifested, the title of this devotion. And we have seen and bear witness and declare to you that eternal life, which was with the Father and was manifested to us. You see, friends, we forget sometimes that we actually are all, according to the flesh, dead in sin. And that dead in sin is that we don't perceive and recognize and acknowledge within us this eternal life. We don't know what it looks like. We, 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 we have no idea of what it means. We live in the deteriorating nature of the flesh, which it, with its flesh dominating our nature, our soul, our existence with lusts, with fears, with anxieties, with stresses, with everything that comes along with the weak human nature. But as the scripture says, while we were yet weak because of the flesh nature, the sin nature in the flesh, God demonstrated his own love for us, for us who were ungodly. We didn't have any divinity in our nature by sending his son Jesus to die for us. If he did so much for us while we were yet sinners by dying for us, how much more now that we have become alive by His Spirit in us and bear that spirit of sonship as His children will He do for us through the life of His Son. Look at His love through the death He died for us sinners. How much more now through His eternal life will He do for us? And this is the great power of Christianity, that the life was manifested. It says in first in John chapter one, 
It says, in him, verse 4, was life. And the life was the light of man. Or as Isaiah would say in chapter 60, verse 1, Arise and shine, for your light has come. The glory of the Lord is risen upon you while there's darkness and deep darkness upon the earth, upon the people thereof. My glory shall be seen upon you. Oh, what a wonder when you come into the revelation of this life and it begins to dawn upon your person. You begin to perceive it. Where is this life to be seen? Jesus, Jesus is eternal life. He is God in the flesh. Jesus is God in the flesh. He is the visible representation of the invisible God. Here in 1 John chapter 5, verse 20, it says, Now we know that the Son of God has come and has given us an understanding that we may know him who is true, and we are in him who is true in his Son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. Jesus Christ is eternal God. Remember, a child is born, a son is given, and the government shall rest upon his shoulders. His name shall be called Wonderful, Almighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, remember? I mean, it's just unfathomable. Our human, puny human minds do not know how to connect with that in the nature of death. Because in the nature of death, we are without God and without hope and without understanding in this world, is what it says here in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 18 that our understanding is darkened as we are alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in us, because of the blindness of our hearts. Ephesians 4.18 But this is the wonder of this eternal life that Jesus embodied and showed to us and then offered without blemish to the Father and perfectly satisfied the law as the ransom, as the payment for the debt we owed through our sin nature and thereby liberated us from the debt, from the guilt, from the condemnation, from the judgment of the law. And completely, as he satisfied the law, removed Satan's ability to charge us with sin because he bore it all and disarmed Satan, making a public spectacle of him as he triumphed over sin and death and rose from the grave to give us a new life. We now have become alive with him through his life in us. Christ is our life. He is eternal life. It says in, in uh, Timothy, let me see, in 1 Timothy, here it is, chapter 3, 
it says, without controversy, verse 16, great is the mystery of godliness. Listen, here it comes. God was manifested in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen by angels, preached among the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up in glory. The mystery of godliness. And this is so essential for our faith because false religion always keeps dividing the two in one way or another because it lives divided. So it does not understand what it means to be a Christian or like Paul. Now, Paul was a zealot and a zealous advocate of the old system of the law. So much so that he became a Pharisee or lived up to the strictest code as he was a Hebrew of the tribe of Benjamin. And in his pursuit of the law, nobody could find a fault against him. This is the Apostle Paul. But he says in 2 Corinthians 5, when I was living that way, I did not understand what it meant to be a Christian. I sought to obtain righteousness with God by my keeping the law, not realizing that the sin nature in my flesh would not let me be able to obtain righteousness with God by my ability to keep the law. He said, I used to not understand what it meant to be a Christian because I thought Jesus was just another man like any other man. How different I think now about what it means to be a Christian now that Christ has come to live in me by His Spirit. Now I understand when anybody becomes a Christian, they become a brand new person on the inside, a new creation that is not in condemnation, but is a life to God, reconciled to God, displaying the perfect righteousness that Jesus has with the Father in heaven. The Apostle Paul says that which was of such high value to me and me keeping the laws and everything by my ability, I have that whole lifestyle. I consider it rubbish, even dung in comparison to the priceless privilege of knowing Christ in me and having a right standing with God that does not come to me by my own ability, but comes by simple childlike faith in Christ, the righteousness of faith. Now that I've come to know this life in me, you see the power of Christianity, friends, listen closely, is that in Jesus, we can perfectly see God. In all that He is and says and does, He proves Himself to be God. He said in John 14, verse 7, If you've seen me, you've seen my Father, and now you see Him, and now you know Him, or do you not realize the Father is in me, and I'm in the Father? Jesus showed the true spirit of eternal life in His perfect oneness with the Father. And this is what the Father longs for us to realize that, we can, that Christianity is not exercised in this world apart from it being revealed in our body as the temple of the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> the body 
<coughs> that was bought with the precious blood. Here in Colossians 1 verse 19, while the Apostle Paul is having to confront a new wind of doctrine of deception that came to draw the Christians away from their revelation of Christ in them, is that he said, and it was called Gnosticism, he then says in verse 19 of Colossians 1, it pleased the Father that all the divine fullness, the sum total of the divine perfection, powers, and attributes should dwell in Jesus Christ permanently. And then in chapter 2, verse 9, he says, <coughs> For in Christ, in him, the whole fullness of the deity, the Godhead, continued to dwell in bodily form giving complete expression of the divine nature. And you are in him made full, having come the fullness of life in Christ. You too are filled with the Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and reach full spiritual stature. Come on, my dear friends. Do you not know that your body is not your own? It is the temple of the Holy Spirit, and that it was purchased with the blood of Christ. There is no spirit that has a right to your spirit, soul, and body but the Lord Jesus Christ. He alone has purchased the right to sanctify you wholly to God through His indwelling presence. And it is His ever-living intercession at the right hand of the Father that will bring this into being and completed, perfected in you that you are holy and without blame in the Heavenly Father's love because of the great grace that you now have with Him through His Son, Jesus Christ. This is the glory and the power and the wonder of eternal life. Oh, dear friends, let me close with you here from Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1. It says, And you He made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sins in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is at work in those who would disobey the gospel, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of the flesh and fulfilling the desires of the flesh and mind and were by nature children of wrath just as the others. But God, who is rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even though we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ by grace. You've been saved. Now, this life is manifested to each and every one of us. And if you say to me, well, Pastor Robert, I, I don't know it yet. Look to Jesus. Look to Him. Keep looking to Him. He is the author, perfecter, and completer of your faith. He will open your understanding. He will manifest this life Himself to you, in you, and through you. He honestly will not fail to give it and to perfect it in you. He is the guarantor the surety of this eternal life. If God would have given you this 
eternal life apart from himself and made you and me the surety of it, the guardians of it, we, like Adam and Eve, would have lost it. Haven't you made a mistake since you become a Christian? because of the weakness of your human nature. You maybe didn't mean it. You, you, you wish you would have never thought it, said it, done it. But you stumbled, you fell, and you would have lost it. And like Adam and Eve, that's it, you're out. And God chose the gravity of sin and the power of it to separate us from God. But God, being great in His love and mercy towards us, even though we were dead in our sins, made us alive with Christ. He is the surety of this life. He's the guarantor of it. He's the source of it. He's the continual giver of it, maintainer of it, the perfecter of it. And that doesn't mean that you would say, wow, if that's true, that means I can keep on making mistakes because it will keep coming to me. Who wants to go through the torment of making mistakes? I sure don't. Oh, I cannot bear it when I do things that grieve my Heavenly Father and vex the Holy Spirit. I can't bear it. I can't even bear the thought of it. No, I would never dare want to be separated ever again in any form or fashion. So I anchor my heart's trust and reliance completely into the anchor of my soul, Jesus Christ. And He is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Of whom shall I be afraid? I will never, ever turn my heart away because he loved me and I love him because he loved me first. Amen. Have a good day.